Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 133 with my friend Dana Zarnicki. Should I call you Dana Stamper? We didn't discuss this. I could have sent a text message, but I didn't, and here we are. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys are joining us today. I loved this conversation. I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm on a roll with just chatting with people in person, and it just feels like a good conversation. And listening back to it, I am uh, I'm, I get to be like a fan, like an audience member. And yeah, I think we're just we're doing some great stuff here, guys. So thank you for tuning in, and I know you will enjoy this my interview with my friend Dana. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my Kind of sit. Yeah, so how's this work? Get cozy. I'm like pretty nervous. I've never oh, had no. anybody ask to interview me. <laughs> no reason to be nervous. No, I, I'd you just speak right into this? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty close. Has to be super close. Okay. Because no, I've listened to a couple of like, your things, and the sound quality is really good. Yeah, you'll see me like constantly moving it, because yeah. then I'll readjust. I'll, I'll get more comfortable. Ah, Maybe I want to go over here. But yeah. <laughs> what made you want to start doing uh, the podcast? Oh, that's a fun question. Yeah. Um, I know I'm like so, drilling you. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, when I so I quit drinking in 2019 yeah and i was doing a podcast prior to that about craft beer yes and, i and remember like seeing all the different ones you were trying yeah. and stuff like that uh still love doing that it's just all non-alcoholic beers now yeah um but i still wanted to do like a podcast and i was trying to think of an idea for something and i like the interview podcasts yeah and i thought how well do you know your facebook friends yeah because a lot of people former they don't... coworkers, yeah. former people you went to school with that you haven't talked to in like 20 years and you like like and comment and shit but like yeah what do you actually know because you them? just kind of keep up with what you see on yeah, facebook yeah. and so stuff like that i was like what if we could have like a more meaningful conversation yeah and that's uh yeah that's how and it's it gotten pretty popular hasn't yeah. it your podcast I'm, like yeah, you got a lot I'm of listeners that's so i was like <gasps> people are gonna be listening I'm proud of it. No, it's it's good. I That's I mean, cool. I wish it was bigger. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. I'm gotta not, start from somewhere. Not quit my job or anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Um. Oh, hello. Yes. Where do you come from? Goodrich. Where uh, you at? Grand Blank. Grand I'm Blank, Grand Blank oh, okay. but I'm like literally on the border of Flint. Like oh, right okay. across my street is. Are you Flint. still near 75 though? Um. I'm right by 23. Oh, I'm okay. probably about five to seven minutes from, like, my driveway. It takes me eight minutes to get up my driveway. So that's a drive in itself just to get up to the wait, front. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, it's way back there. Like, I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I knew that you had bought some property and it was in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But eight minutes to get down your it's, driveway? Yes, yes. I mean, it's it's a long, it's like a, a shared road. That eventually turns into a private dirt road, and it dead ends. Like, at the very end, it That's dead wild. ends into me. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. It's a long, long ways. <laughs> you should come out sometime. See it. I, I love all the pictures you post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially around Halloween. and. Yes. Yes, I have lots of fun yeah. costumes. As, as one should. Yep. Um, yeah, that's 
That's fine. That's crazy, though. It's a long. It's a long ways. I know. I might. How much property um, is that? We only have eleven acres, but it's a lot to take care of. I bet. Are we doing this right now? Yeah. Is it going? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's always. It's <laughs> always going. I didn't know going. we were still just chatting, um, but um, I'll give you a spoiler. It's always just going to be chatting. Okay. I go on a lot of tangents. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's just how it works. It's fine with me. <laughs> like talking Sounds about good. your your property. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny because that. You guys, I, you are, you and Brendan are the only people I know outside of one other couple um, who kind of live a similar lifestyle. This couple bought a bunch of property out in Howell yep. and built a house on it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful house. They did that probably around the same time you guys did. And last week, they finally got Wi-Fi. Oh, it's just like me. <laughs> Yeah. No, that was a big thing for a long time. Oh my God. Um, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know how it's really weird because, like, when I went to school, went to college, and I went to U of M out in Flint, and I went through my whole span of college without ever owning like a single laptop or computer because I just I couldn't afford to go to college. Like when I went, I had to do the whole financial aid thing. I was like. I can't afford business. to go, but I'm just going to take out these loans yeah. and get through it, and then I'll figure Doing it out later. Right yeah, <laughs> and it sucks. It sucks so bad. But I couldn't afford a laptop. I mean, obviously, the school had computers and stuff like that, but I never really got into, like, the techie kind yeah. of thing. I was always like, I want to be outside. I want to, like, explore. I want to go do things. And um, so I went through all of college, obviously, working on the computers there. If I needed a computer for yeah, something. Yeah, so you would just, like, go to the library or something mm-hmm. and use wow. Yep, and then I'd come like home. Like old school. That's like yeah. how we used to have to do it. That's I was, wild. I was so. I'm still like such an old soul at heart. Like, um, there's very few people in this world, especially in our age group, that can just like avoid that shit. I know. So, yeah, and um, it's part funny of me is because, very jealous <laughs> because I went to college and I was like, I'm gonna go into advertising. I'm gonna do all this stuff, and like, I got my first job out of college at an ad agency. And I never even knew how to do online banking. I didn't own They're a like, debit card. It's called like, Windows. They had to teach me. They had to teach me how to do online banking oh because they're like, "How do you pay your cell phone bill?" And I grew up in Ortonville, and um, I was like, "I just drive up to Verizon next to Beaky's, and I pay my bill in cash." They're like, "You're joking." I'm like. That's how oh you do God. it. Like you just drive to the places and pay. They're like, no, honey, let me let me sit I down and show this. you how to how to pay your bills. So, I was in my actual first career job, and they were teaching me how to make online banking statements. And like, you know, I consider myself to be like a smart person. Yeah. Like when I went to U of M, I graduated at the top of my class, but I still had no idea how to like make a online banking yeah. payment. So. They had to show me how to do all of that, kind of bring me up to speed, like learn how to use computers. And did you feel like some resistance to that? Um, everyone that like me not wanting to do it, or yeah, like were you like uh... it made my life a lot easier. I was like, oh my god, I don't have to drive here. And um, I'm a person; it doesn't take a lot to impress me. I always feel like I'm in such like amazement at everything. I'm like, this is so cool. I can just pay online, and it's done. And when I found out how to do it, I was like, Mom, I got to show you how to pay these bills. And bit. how long like, ago is this? This is uh, 10 years ago, okay. probably 10 years ago. That's not terrible. Not too bad. But like once I, I found you were out. you like two years ago. No, no. <laughs> no, I have to pay mortgages now. I don't drive up to pay my mortgage mm. and all that. But, <laughs> but show like, up at the bank with. My mom is still very old school. Like she'll 
write her bills she'll be like oh this is my day off this That's is my excusable time. for her generation <laughs> well she'll be like this is my time to pay bills and she'll like flip on the steve wilco show or maury and she'll like sit there and write out checks <laughs> and she sends checks all the time and she'll be like well i'm waiting for my check to clear from this i'm like just do it online mom yeah. just do it yeah I, so. there is something to be said <laughs> about the immediacy of of paying anything online yeah um I digress. I'm going to jump back for a second. Yes, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I want to dive into that more, but I usually start with how I know people. Yeah. I know you from Longhorn. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was some of the um, most fun years of my life, to and be it's honest. Like, <laughs> feels like a lifetime ago. It does, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it was that far. Because I still keep in touch with a lot of people that yeah, um, same. I work. You do too? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying how to long get... did you work there? So I opened it. In 2004, and then six months later or less, I moved to L.A. Oh. And then I came back and worked there around Christmas when I lived in L.A., and then I came back in 06 permanently and started back up there. Okay. And then I left there in 08. 08. Okay, because I think I started there... God, I want to say it was like 2006 or 7, and then I worked there for like 7, 8, 9... Till 2011. Yeah, I think so, you were there when I came back from LA. It was around four or five years yeah. I had worked there. That's crazy. Um, it was a long time. Yeah. But I loved working there, and I just felt like we had such a good group going yeah. on. Everybody was yeah. there for a long time. Restaurant life. Yeah. It's very strange. And it's it's funny to... So, like, going back, you asked me when you sat down, like, why'd you start this? And, like, if I were to just, like, paint a picture of your life based on who I thought you were when we worked at Longhorn and then like miscellaneous social media information. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would be anywhere near accuracy. Oh, no. <laughs> and I mean, I could be, um, but just to talking to you right now, I, I feel like there's plenty, <laughs> plenty. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess on that note, you said you grew up in Ortonville. Were you born here then? Yes. Born, born raised. I have not gone very far <laughs> at all. And it's not like I, um, I'm technically, I was born and raised Holly, Michigan, okay. but I was right on the border of like being able to have choice schools between Holly, Ortonville. So lived on a dirt road my whole Parents life. picked Brandon over Holly, huh? Yes, they okay. did. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and so just went to Ortonville my whole life. And then, uh, our very first house that, uh, Brendan and I bought, my husband, um, was in Holly. And then from there, we've gone to Grand Blank. So I've not ventured far at all. I've never been out of the country. I've probably only been to five or six states. And I love like seeing all my friends that are traveling to all these great places. But I'm like, when do people have the time? Because I have always worked like every single day of my life. And I'm like, how do people like get to go to all these countries and have yeah. the time to do this? Or the money, like the money too. Because, the money's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. And... um. So yeah, just I was born and raised in in that area. My parents still live in the same same house there on the dirt road, and um, everyone in my family we all live within like ten minutes of each other. My one brother lives out in Clio, not by choice. He tried to get something closer, but what are your what's your sibling situation? I have two brothers, both older. Um, I'm the middle child, oh. so my brother <laughs> is two years older than me and then my youngest is six years younger than me six mm-hmm. that was an oopsie yeah he was he was a surprise he knows he was a surprise that's funny <laughs> um did you yeah. 
so do you remember him being born then six years oh I mean, yeah i do i do what's that um, like <laughs> um so he's actually his name's dallas is my younger brother mm-hmm. and there's derek dana dallas we're all d's and um he was actually born on my mom's birthday um so every year it's so and it's around halloween <laughs> too it's like october 26 is their birthday so every year we always have like a big halloween joint birthday party and um but yeah he's that is something i don't think i've ever heard of like people that are born around christmas they always get like the the shady like half yeah, christmas I'm half close. birthday thing. i'm december 5th and i know i'm not as close some friends i know oh, that yeah. are born like the 22nd or oh, 23rd yeah. but i still i don't know what to get you for christmas you're born so close um because they just had my birthday and um That's funny. yeah so i'm pretty close to christmas too but so what's uh i guess what's your role then as a first year the you're the baby, you're the girl, and then I feel like younger I'm kind brother of like, comes home. I feel like I'm kind of like the mediator of my family. Like my Fits br- the middle child. Yeah. So. <laughs> like my family, we all live in like our own little houses and stuff, but we're, we're a very, very, very close family. Like all of us are always in each other's business 24-7. Like we all yeah. see each other every week. Um, Is that how it was growing up too? Yes, yes. Real close. Yeah, and sometimes like, you know, my parents, I don't want to say they were like helicopter parents, but they always knew what we were up to and what we were always doing and a um, little strict. They were pretty strict, but they tried to what, keep us out of trouble. Can you tell me what, what strict looks like? Um, Like I was not allowed to go like in high school, um, Friday night were the football games. Yeah. Um, and afterwards, and you're familiar with Ortonville, right? Yeah. They have the A. That's where my wife's from. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't know if you knew anything about it back in the day, but like from the um, Friday night football games, the thing afterwards was to walk over to the AW and hang out and get oh, a burger. And my parents are like, you are not going to AW. We know it, what kids are doing up there. And I'm like, uh, getting a what? cheeseburger? Yeah. Like, and so. Um, That's so. Can I just say <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, uh, that NW, it's like the one of the last remaining, like drive up, yes. hit the button, like order from your car, eat in your car, put the tray car on hop. the window. Yep. Um, it's got the stream that runs in the back. Like, mm-hmm. so if you want to eat outside, like there's a little stream that runs. I used to catch awesome. little frogs, like eat yes. a cheeseburger, catch frogs. And I didn't know this float. about A&W, but um, I don't know if this is just like an Ortonville thing. I don't know if it's something you know, but you'd go and you order a black cow. Say, I would have you heard of the black? No. Co- it's, I guess it's an Ortonville thing because okay. I've gone to a couple places in Detroit and I'm like, I would like to get a black cow. They're like, What? <laughs> what are you asking for? And so I guess it's like an Ortonville thing. It's what a black it? cow. It's like, they're like, It's a root beer freeze. I'm like, That's not what we call it in Ortonville. <laughs> but it's like the root beer and the ice cream kind of mixed together. Isn't that just a root beer float? Um, it might be. What's the difference? I don't know. That's I have only ever known it as the black cow. So That's everywhere so I go, funny. I've asked for it, but it's apparently not a universal term at A and W. Yeah, now I really uh, I'll look up. The but usually, when that. I go to A and W, I just go to the one in Ortonville. So I've been safe for a long time until I realized, like, that's not what it's called other places. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, strict. What does that do for social Um, life, like as a teen and growing up? uh, (laughs) 
I had like <laughs> insane curfews and and they didn't do it to like be mean, but like even dating Brendan, like Brendan and I this year, we've been together for 19 years. Wow. We've been together a long time. Wow. And I laugh because when we very first started dating, my parents had a strict rule like there is no hanging out in the bedroom. <laughs> and like growing up, we didn't talk about sex. Like it wasn't mentioned. If people were on the TV, like even starting to kiss, it's like, oh, change that channel. Like you can't be watching that kind of thing. Like I was the one kid when the um, Titanic movie came out. Yeah. Um, I'd never got to watch that movie because there was naked people in there. There was making it like didn't Has get that... to watch it. So can I, I want to, <laughs> I'm curious about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to zero in there. Well, because that's got to create for a kid. Um, I was just talking about this. I can't remember where or with who, but like some, you got to connect some wires in like your child brain, like censorship, this is bad. Like, and then when you get into like an intimate relationship, all those behaviors oh, yeah. are like, <laughs> wait, no, hold on. This is bad. And then shame's built in. Yep. And, I don't think it's really affected me that much. Like there is people that think I'm like this strange creature because like I don't ever cuss. I don't swear. I remember like growing up, people were like, I will pay you $30 if you just say the F word. And I'm like, no, it's against my personal morals. Oh, no, Dana, um, I do. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me. Like my husband like cusses like a sailor and yeah. has since day one. I remember like his whole family, like they're very loud. He's all, all Polish family. So they're loud. They scream. They swear. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, no, it's it's not messed me up too bad. But <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were first dating, no hanging out in the bedroom. So at this point, you know, I, I lived with my parents going through when I was going through college. So in my early 20s, I was still living at home because I was working at Longhorn. Yeah. I was if I wasn't at work, I was at school. I didn't have time to go out and buy a house. So you know, and I'm dating Brendan at this time. And so he'd come over and hang out at the house. And like, um, at one point, my parents had this garage and we finished the whole upstairs of this garage oh, nice. into a loft. And so I was like, this is going to be where I'm going to live until I move out. And I'd only lived up there for like two years before I moved out. But I remember Still, good, when uh, Brendan would like go separation. to, yeah. <laughs> so I would tell him, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. So he would walk me up the stairs and I remember my dad, he'd always stand at the sliding door and he'd pop the curtain open and he would just be peeking out, looking up, like, How old are you at up. this point? I'm probably 22, 22 years old. And so I was, I was like, dad, he's just saying bye. He's like, wrap it up. Doesn't take that long to say bye. And so Brendan was like terrified to like, you know, touch me or hug me because he's like your dad's gonna kill me like yeah. he's terrified for the longest time and um the only time that that ever <laughs> i had to laugh because like brendan and my parents they get along really really well they consider him to be like one of their kids and and they laugh about it now but there was um we do a lot of camping together and yeah. stuff and i remember we had been married like a year or two and we all went out uh, hunting that morning. We were out in the woods and we got up super early, like 5 a.m. We came back around 9 o'clock in the morning, made some breakfast, and we were all super tired. And my parents are like, oh, we're going to run up to the bathhouse real quick, clean up and come back. And we were all staying in like the same camper. We're like, all right, we're probably just going to take a nap. And so him and I had laid down on the bed in the camper and we were there, you know, laying down for like 10 minutes. Um couple minutes later, I'd heard a car pull back up. And so I kind of sat my head up 
And I was like, oh, it's my parents. And Brendan shot up out of that bed so fast, tore the sheets out of the bed. He's like, oh, my God. I was like, Brendan, Brendan, it's okay. We're married now. Like, they can't yell at you because he was terrified to be caught, like, in the same That's bed a lot of with pressure. me. I know. And I just, I told my parents, I'm like, you scared the daylights out of Brendan. Like, he was terrified. Look what you've done to him. He was terrified to even be seen in the same bed with me. And, um... And they were just like, oh, that's so funny, huh? <laughs> was like, that, how were they with you know. growing up? Like, are your parents affectionate people, like physically affectionate? Yeah. I mean, every night we'd always say, I love you. And um, uh, I, I had an awesome childhood. Like, I had both, you know, me and my brothers, we had, like, a great childhood. We grew up playing with a lot of neighborhood kids, got to go outside, do lots of fun things together. But... Um, always said, I love you every night. We always sat down together as a family, had meals. Like we still tried to do that as yeah. a family, like get together, you know, a couple times a week. And did that strictness make your brothers and you closer? You think like, cause you all had the same. Yeah. Like rules. now we kind of laugh about it. I do feel like they got away with a lot more stuff than like I could. And they're like, Oh, it's cause we're guys. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like it's not fair. <laughs> Um, but they got a li- away with a lot more than, than I ever could have. That's funny. Um, the sheltered stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, before like I continue on, I'm, cause I'm really curious about what you did after high school and living in the, but yeah. before we get there, um, <laughs> what role does religion play in your house? I grew up, um, so it was more, my parents like kind of gave us the choice. Like if we wanted to go to church, we could, we didn't have to, um, they didn't, um, they would go to church with us, but it was my dad's mom and dad. So my grandparents that were very, very involved with the church. Okay. So I grew up very, very involved in the church. I loved going to church. Um, my church was actually, it was in, uh, Flint Burton area. Okay. And so, I was very, very heavily involved in the church, and I still consider myself a pretty religious person. Um, Did in, that play into the strictness? Um, I don't like, think I'm so. That, just that foundation of that, like, like especially when know, you said you're like 22. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm sure it probably played a part. Like my dad, he was never like like aggressive or like yeah. mean towards me about it, but was just like, no, you're not going out past this time. Like you have a curfew. You have to be in. If you're living in my house, you're going to be home at this time. If you want to move out, get your own place. Like these are the rules. You yeah. have to abide by these rules. Um, And, you know, they never like forced religion down my throat, yeah. but I was like, mom, I want to go to church. And so they would meet up with my grandparents and we'd go and me and my cousins would go. And I imagine that helped um, you get a really nice like close relationship with your grandparents yes yes and um my grandma she was born and raised like in the hills of kentucky and she was the one that was very 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 strict like when we went to um church on sunday like i hated wearing dresses growing up like i was very much a tomboy hated wearing dresses and she was very old school like you're a young lady you're gonna wear a dress and you're going to wear a bunch of layers, so no skin is going to show. So I'd go to church, and I'd have to wear, like, two or three shirts, and I had to wear, like, the itchy pantyhose, and then I'd have to wear a slip under my dress. So if I was standing there and the light was shining through, you couldn't see my body silhouette. And, um, oh, man. I remember going to, if you want to talk strict, the very first time I had my mouth washed out with soap, because that was a thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was 12 years old, and I was at her house. Um 
and my grandpa he loved to watch like uh nature shows he was you know loved to be outdoors loved to watch like discovery channel and stuff like that and so we would sit um in their house and he was watching a show on like bees honeybees whatever and i was sitting there watching it with him and the queen bee kind of went across the screen and i was like man that bee is really fat she looks like she's pregnant and all my cousins were like <gasps> what did you just say and i was like she looks like she's pregnant they're like <gasps> and we called my grandma nani they're like nani she just said the p word and i was like what pregnant is a pregnant. Word? oh was not allowed to speak of what? it not allowed to speak of it whatsoever she's like what did you just say? And I said, all I said, she's like, don't repeat it. Get in there and wash your mouth. I said, I'm not sticking that soap in my mouth. She's like, don't make me do it for you. I'm like, <gasps> what is wrong with pregnant? <laughs> nope, nope, not allowed to talk about it. And which what is are weird, your feelings about kids Which is now? <laughs> weird because she's got six, I think six kids or whatever. My aunts and uncles, I think. That's um, crazy. Yeah, so you just, you didn't talk about it. It was very, very strict, like very high rules you had to abide by, like, and um, I don't know, my grandma, I, I, she had a certain way of doing things. She was like very Southern, like she could feed an army of like a hundred people. She would just, everything from scratch, good yeah. Southern cooking. She'd feed like a hundred kids, people, neighbors. And, um, but she just had really strict rules that like you had to abide by. And it was funny because like she was very much put together, like even if she was staying at home during the day, like she looked like Elizabeth Taylor, like she drove a Cadillac, brand new Cadillacs, awesome. and like kids. She always there was always a bunch of kids because they did foster care and stuff like that too. So there was always kids all the time at her house, and she just kept everything in like tip top, super clean shape. Like she, would she drive... was like a woman of the time, like the etiquette. The yes. like this is the woman's role in the house. This yes. is. She always had these long acrylic nails that were so polished, even though she was such a hard worker. Like she'd clean her house in like pantyhose, like really nice you know, dress, like full face of makeup. And, um, she'd show up at church. She had these super long, nice coats and, um, big, like fancy movie star glasses and just drive her Cadillac around. Always smelled like vanilla. And, um, but we always laugh and joke about it now. Cause she was so strict. We used to say it was like boot camp going to her house. That's funny. What? But, so, I mean, you kind of hinted at this with the, you're going to wear a dress to church situation, yeah. but Cause you, and this is some of the stuff I know about you. You just mentioned it, but like, not, not in the typical like stereotype of of, of a girl, right? No, the hunting. No, I'm not. The, <laughs> um, is that? Do you think just completely because you had two brothers and? Or, um, or... it might be because there was no girls on my street growing up. There was one girl that lived across the street, but I didn't really. She was a little bit older than me, but. Uh -huh. I had no girls to like play with growing up at all. So I was always um, antagonizing my older brother and anytime they were doing something, I wanted to be doing it. So it was like video games or tree forts or um, playing with frogs or whatever. And um, my dad, my dad was just a huge outdoorsy person. Like um, he owned his own archery shop and it was ran out of our house oh, okay. for, for many years. So oh, wow. Um, I joke around and I laugh because one year, one year for uh, Father's Day, I found this coffee mug and you might have seen it like on a Facebook ad, but it was like, dear dad, thanks for teaching me how to be a man, even though I'm your daughter. Because like growing <laughs> up, he was like, you know, 
I'm out here working on cars. Want to learn how to do this? Or I'm going to go out hunting. I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to gut a deer. Do you want to see how to do this? So it was like, he just kind of did his own thing and I was just kind of like involved in it. So I don't know if that's kind of how I got to Yeah, that's, to I mean, I that's super interesting too, because then he had two sons. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like he, he felt a certain attachment to you and wanted you. Yeah, I mean, he always tried to and... like involve my brothers and everything, but they're like, mm, no, I'd rather play my video game or like <laughs> this. And um so yeah, he just he's he's a very much a do it yourselfer. Like his uh life motto is that if somebody else can build it or do it, there's obviously a way that I can do it. And mm-hmm. he's very much like awesome at like there's I've yet to find like something that he doesn't know how to do. Like, oh, this car needs to be built from the ground up. Well, we're going to figure out how to do that or um just building anything. Like he's like a MacGyver. He can do anything, everything. A, that's very intelligent awesome <laughs> awesome way to view your your father yes yeah and he's helped a lot of people and but i'm just like and he he went to school for like heating and cooling and stuff but there's like so many other things he does yeah. i'm like you know how to plumb a bathroom you know how to like just do things that are like stuff that you really should. like hard brain yeah. thinking things that i'll tell you what man and you probably know this to some degree owning a house but like the more that you know how to do (laughs) yeah like there's very few things in my house that i have to call somebody for yeah um i don't fuck with gas lines yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like some major appliance shit i'll just have someone out to like look at it but like i can drywall i can plumb i can do some like basic electrical stuff like i like and the electrical like when we were building our house uh we tried my uncle is a licensed electrician okay and he's like i'm gonna teach you how to wire this house and i'm like i don't think i like doing anything (laughs) with electricity but he it was kind of cool because things that you don't think about when you're like building a house where would you like an outlet to go i'm like "Mm, i don't know right here so then I literally was with him every step of the way learning how to wire the house. I fixed up these outlet boxes, but I still don't like it. I got electrocuted a couple times and I was like, I don't like this. I don't know how you do this for a living. Um, Yeah. Yeah, See, I would rather like (laughs) do all the wiring and then flip a switch. And if something doesn't work, I'll figure it out at that point. I don't want to like, I don't want anything live. Yeah. Yeah. But I say that, but at the same time, I think I've probably switched out a lot of things just being like, just don't let the negative and positive touch. It's fine. It's It's fine. It like, oh my God, it's so scary. Cause I always think I'm going to be electrocuted and I did twice, but um, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah. It's a lot of work. (laughs) That's why I was like, now that we're in a brand new house, I hope that a lot of this stuff I won't have to touch for. Yeah. Electrical. I think it's like, in my experience, it's more about knowing what not to do. Yeah. Especially if you're like running fresh wire and everything. Yes. Like know like where you can and can't put it. Mm-hmm. No, like. Don't touch it to here, to yeah, this wire. Don't put like eight outlets on this one few. <laughs> yeah. <guess>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you graduate high school. Yep. And. In 2005. This... Okay. Long time ago. It doesn't seem like that long. <laughs> it yep. was a long time ago. Yeah. What year did you graduate high school? Oh one. You were oh one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in a couple a couple of years you're gonna have a twenty year reunion. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> wow. Dang. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um what uh you said you went to U of M Flint, but is that that's not right away, right? 
Yeah. Or yeah, it okay, was. Right yeah, I went to school. Um, originally, I was going to school for art because that's like that's like my passion. That is what I like to do. I've what always kind of art. What's your medium? Um, my most favorite thing to do in the world is paint. I love to paint. Like even in my basement, I have just pictures upon pictures that are just piled um a lot of them i from like were you doing that as a kid um yeah i just i always loved to do arts and crafts like that was my favorite subject in school like yes we get to go to art class and and paint and like it was just something i always kind of gravitated towards and um through high school like i had entered a lot of um, scholastic art contests had a lot of my work submitted to college for creative studies that was actually the school i wanted to go to and it was insanely expensive that's what i hear i was like i will never be able to i mean i couldn't afford to go to college anyway but i knew i was going to have to take out loans i'm like i will never be able to repay the loans off to go there so i was originally when i started i knew i wanted to do something with art it was just something i always kind of gravitated love doing and then um after like a year in college i was like why do I have to have a degree in art? Like, it's something I already know how to do. I found that in college, I was sitting at classes, and they would just sit a blank canvas, and they're like, do what you know how to do. And I'm like, why am I paying for this? <laughs> like, I mean, they'd give you pointers, but it's kind of one of those things where I feel like you either know how to do it or you don't. Yeah. Um, I have, and I didn't want to pay money for that. I have a lot of thoughts about art education. Because, like, sometimes, like, if it's – I want to learn how to like blend colors better. Like yeah. that's one thing. But if it's just like. Show us what you know and we'll give you yeah. a grade for it or yeah. something. Like that's what I felt like it yeah. was. Like I enjoy drawing, but I know I'm terrible at it. Oh. But I, it's fine with you me. You still like to do. No, I saw your picture. You drew of a, um, was it a potato? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that on your Facebook. It was good. That was not bad. Um. I, I ain't making money off it. Uh, <laughs> and that was the thing. That was the thing. When I went through college, I was like, I'm not going to make money doing this. Not unless you're really super, super good. But even then, it's like, you know, how much I think my stuff is valued at is it's not It's so objective, be, though. Like, it is. It's crazy. Like, some of the best um, artists that I know still are like, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I had some, I um, actually interviewed her on the show, but. Her name's Jessie. I went to high school with her and like she was an amazing artist in high school mm-hmm. and like I saw some of the stuff she does now. She she'll do uh I, I reconnected with her cuz she painted my friend's cat that passed away. Oh. And it could be a fucking picture on the wall. Like it looked like a, it was photorealistic. Like a real. Um and if you ask her she'll be like I'm not any better than I was in high school. And it's just like you're blown away how good it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's it it feels very, like. Yeah, know. a lot of people don't think they're as good as what they actually are. Are you one of um, those people? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I I feel like that. I do it just because like I enjoy it. So yeah. like if you go into my house, like my walls are scattered and littered with paintings that I've done, um, but I also have a huge pile downstairs of just like paintings. And like I'm at the point now where I'm like I'm paint like right now I'm in the process of painting a picture of my dog, and I'm like I have no idea what I'm going to do with this picture. Like I don't have a place for it on the wall, but I like to do it. And uh, going through school, I was like, I shouldn't go to school for art. I'm not going to make any money. So I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I wanted to get into advertising. That was like 
my main goal. I said, you know, I'll take some business classes. And I ended up just graduating with um, a bachelor's in communications. I was like, if I ever want to go into a different field of business, like that'll Did that seem like a nice balance of like art and business? It was because I I actually minored in art. So I continued still doing like all my art things. And so I was like, well, I'll have like a creative background, but also like a business background. And so um, I got into advertising, which is a creative business. Um, So it kind of satisfied my need to have both of these things. Um, But I also took a semester off too to... um, to go to cosmetology school because I was like, oh, I like doing nails. Like it's kind of like you painting. doing that when we met, or were you? I think so. Actually, now that you, you say that, it was probably 2008 was when I went. So I was. It was really weird because like I would wake up at the crack of dawn. I would go to school like from eight o'clock till three thirty. I would hurry up and drive home because I was close enough to Flint to where I could just go to school, yeah. come home. I'd come home. I would change into my waitressing uniform and then i'd go to work from like baggy four to blue ten. button down and... yes yeah the colored shirts i'd go to work from four to ten uh-huh. come home and do it all again and like i think about it now i'm like oh my god how did i do that you like that is young. so much yeah <laughs> that's how that works i'm like god I, now i do one thing and i'm just I'm i think exhausted. about my 20s in a much more extreme way and, and go yes <laughs> yeah. how am i alive right now yeah um i did a lot like and never said uh, the F word the entire time. You, yeah, um, you're right. I was thinking about that too when you said that. It popped in my head. I was like, I think I might have been one of the people. Like, at Don't you remember? Like, at I'll give you five bucks. Come yes. on. I'll give you five bucks. They did. Yeah. They always like, not harassed. What a but waste they of just, five bucks that would have been. <laughs> they just love to um, to torment me with like well, there, little yeah, tidbits there was, of things like I never knew. It's such a like uh it's a dirty I, industry. Yeah, I don't mean this in like a bad way. I don't know if there's a good way to take it, but like it's such a perverse, yes, like sexually charged alcoholic. Yes, <laughs> it is. So to have someone be like, seem like this downy innocent sort of person, you're like, no, we must corrupt you. Yes, corrupt. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was the goal. But oh man, no, never got to me. I'm still, still the same person. Were you a drinker <laughs> at all? Um, I mean, like after the shifts, I don't know if you remember, like we'd go to Chili's or, um, I'm even trying to think sometimes Joe's Crab Shack when that was around, we (laughs) would go over there. Um, I'm trying to think if I was old enough to drink when I, yeah, I was old enough to drink when we went. Um, I like to drink, but it wasn't something like, yeah, I got to get hammered drunk or whatever. Like I would drink it, but. Did you do that um, at all? Like high school or anything? No, I never had my very. I figured with the strictness. I tried, like my parents, like we went to Florida one time before I was 21 and my mom had a Smirnoff wine cooler. She's like, you can have a drink. And like, I remember I had a drink of that. I tried a thing of beer once and it was just disgusting. Like I still do not like beer at all. Um, I don't like the taste. I'm not a wine drinker. I like, um, like tequila, tequila drinks, like margaritas. Those are kind of my favorite thing, but um, I'm like, meh, I could go with or without. It's not something that I have to have. Yeah. As the weather is warming up, you're going to be out on lakes. You're going to be at parties. You're going to be seeing friends. Do so responsibly by adding in a few non-alcoholic beers. Sure, you don't have to completely switch off your drinking if you don't want to, but maybe alternate. If you normally drink a six-pack at a party, three of them can be regular beers. Three of them can be non-alcoholic beers. And if you get some good quality non-alcoholic beers, you're not going to even notice that there's no alcohol. So head over to wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request 
and save 10% on your next order of IPAs, uh, dark ambers, blondes, what pale ales, whatever your style of choice is, you're going to get something that tastes awesome and doesn't have that stingy little alcohol. So go check it out, wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request. Save yourself some money and have a safe and fun summer. Okay, back to the episode. But it is kind of interesting because um, I've gone to places where I'm like, no, nah, I don't feel like I have to have a drink. Like people really pressure you to to drink, even if you're you don't want one. You're I'm talking sure to you, a sober person. I was yeah, gonna say, I'm sure yeah, you're very aware. It's a uh, very strange. Um, like it, when you step outside of it and you think about the fact that like more people are gonna question why you're not drinking poison than yes. why you are yeah because it's not good poison. for you at it's all. literally poison yeah i mean that's it's, why your that's... body like reacts to it the way yeah. it does um, yeah. um it's very strange yeah it's uh, and it's got to be hard it's i'm sure it's hard i mean i'm very loud about it yeah so there's definitely like an entire population of people that don't drink and like there's some, a lot of shame associated to that and they don't want to discuss it and so yeah I mean, I personally don't deal with, I actually probably find myself, I don't want to say shaming people, but like, uh, there's a place I go on Thursdays for trivia. Yeah. And oh, fun. all they have is Bud Zero yeah. like for non-alcoholic beer options. Mm-hmm. And I give them shit every week. So I'm like, you guys, there's so many other better <laughs> options. Yeah. I've given them flyers from the manufacturers that I like partner with and be like, try order, this. Like, order try this. Something it's so different. much better. And, uh, yeah. So I probably give people more shit than they give me because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's so much out Open there. Open your horizons. Yeah. And oh it's, gosh, uh, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, that's the thing too. Like, I feel like there's times where I'm like, I know a lot about certain subjects. And then like when you step out of your bubble and you meet other people, it's like, there's times I feel so stupid. Like, um, you know, like I can't said, can't all know shit, huh? We can't all know shit. I know. Like, <laughs> I feel like my brain is gonna explode sometimes just because, like, there's so much, there's so such a huge plethora of information out there about everything, and then you talk like the tech thing. Like, yeah. I've worked in advertising for twelve years, and you have to be up and up and up, and it's like right when you think like you know everything, there's like a thousand new trends that come out, and it's like it's very oh, overwhelming. I can't imagine and, in that field. Yeah. Yeah. Does that ever um, result in like? feeling naive or shame about like not knowing stuff like do you ever feel stupid in a way where you're like i'm not good enough yeah all the time yeah all the time um because like i i'm trying to think of like a situation where i felt that um i guess you know like going back to when i first started working in the industry my very first job was um downtown detroit that was where my first advertising job was Living in Holly, commuting to Detroit <laughs> every single day. Um, it was a long drive. I had like an hour and a half drive to work every single well, day. And then it took contrast and environments. Too. Yeah, it was. It was because everyone kept saying, just move down there. I'm like, uh, no, I don't want to. <laughs> There's no like, farms down there. I know. I didn't. I didn't want to be out there. Um, so I made that sacrifice like driving. But um, it was with a really great company. But 
I just laughed because it was like I had gone to school. I did really, really well in school. And, you know, I held jobs all the time and I just kept myself busy. And I felt like I knew a lot about the world. And then it was like I get dropped into this job. And then, um, you know, with this job comes travel. I had never taken a cab. I had never had to ask for a taxi cab anywhere. I had never flown anywhere. So I'd like to learn how to like book a ticket because our home office um was in boston and we had to go to boston once and i was like oh my god like i don't know was that your first time on a plane um i had been on a plane one time when i was younger going to a church camp to oklahoma um that was the only other time i had ever flown so going to i was probably in my 20s it was like here I thought like I knew a lot about the world and then it was like I was totally dumbfounded like well how do you order a cab how do you like drive around a city when you don't have a car and so it was like was there a whole other you know transportation public transportation I had no idea how to work with that how to book myself a flight it was was there a lesson in that that like this is something I I, a lesson I, I wish more people would learn but where the more you step outside of your your bubble Mm -hmm. like the more you learn about the world sort of situation yeah yeah um because i was i was totally naive about all of that um and i had like i said the my first job um people that i worked with they were more kind of like shock and awe like oh my god what is this rare creature that we've like got onto our team that doesn't know (laughs) so it was kind of like a thing they always joked with me about but they were very very helpful Um, dana (laughs) wi-fi yeah yeah and that's the thing too i never it was always a choice to not have wi-fi mostly because i didn't like i I spend most of my free time outside like as soon as i get home like we're either cooking on the grill or it was just like we just didn't have time like even now um both brendan and i we work so much like we'll maybe watch three to four hours of television every few days or left probably less than 10 hours a week yeah. we never watch we don't have cable at home yeah. did get wi-fi because i had a work from home job like had to have the wi-fi so and that was a huge thing in of itself because no company because of where i live i was telling you i live so yeah. far back no did company you guys have to pay to have it they will not come down that far they said even if um, i just get like a hotspot sort of it was deal, like or? over ten thousand dollars like yeah. just to come back there they're like it's not financially even worth it like you're on your own so i had to buy like one of those little yeah. hub things which our doesn't friends, really do a lot but i mean it gives you the basics or if did it suck you in at all like there's there's so many great positive aspects like when i say i'm jealous uh, like I'm a, I am honestly jealous of that because there's <laughs> we're inundated and surrounded by this shit constantly, yeah. like from TikTok to Netflix to it's overwhelming it's everywhere. Uh, and that's the thing, too. Like, I don't have the cable. So like people will be like, did you see this on the news? I'm like, yeah. no. And I, I don't have, watch the news anymore. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in the world unless I like read it online or something yeah. like part I, of that. Is I have like, no idea. Nice. Yeah. There's there's reason why they say like ignorance is bliss yeah i feel like i've moved off like the face of the planet to an extent because like i'm tucked way back in there like yeah. i don't see a lot of people um and i found like since COVID, i'm sure a lot of people can relate like i don't really like going anywhere i like to stay at home um <laughs> it's in a my slippery own little slope. world yeah and so that comfort can be 
yeah. debilitating over time. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I really like staying home. Like before I always felt like I had to be out and doing something. And I feel like I'm at a stage in my life where it's like, I want to stay home. I want to enjoy like what I have here. I want to just like tone it down, like simmer down and um, yeah. enjoy what we have out here. So I think that's like the stage that I'm in right now. I'll still go out and do things every now and then, but um yeah, I like being home. <laughs> Plus, I have a, you have a um, lot of a lot of home to be at. <laughs> yes, and I have uh, my dog too. Like my dog, she's four, um, and she's like my best friend. Like she goes everywhere with me, and um, she doesn't have separation anxiety. But um, anytime I go someplace, she almost ninety nine percent of the time she is always with me. So of yeah. course, like when I go somewhere, I'm like, mm, I can't take you. So like. <laughs> I always tell my parents, I'm like, I don't have kids, but you can watch my dog for a few hours because I don't want to leave her at home for, you know, seven or eight hours by herself. So we do a lot of driving back and forth, dropping her off and stuff to be babysat. Can I ask (laughs) a personal question? Yeah. Is is the kids thing a choice is that a yeah so that's a weird question um or <laughs> not, not, a, not a weird like, que- not a weird question yeah, but, i don't um, want to cross any no boundaries. no no not at all i'm very open anytime somebody asks me as far as i know brendan and i are able to have kids we weren't sure if um he could even have kids because he had really really bad cancer that's a whole um, other topic that's all it is oh my god that's a whole nother story um he had stage four cancer years ago and he was on such intense chemo that they were like, you know, we didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like nobody ever discussed with us, like you should probably have they sperm like, frozen yeah. and all that. Yeah. Like we just started everything. The first thing that popped in my mind. Yeah. Like nobody ever tells you yeah. any of that. And it was just like, it was like a hundred miles an hour. Like we didn't know anything about what to do. So that never happened. Um, so we didn't know if we could even have kids. We did have them tested, and they're like, he could have as many children as he wants to. And I'm like, wow, okay. He's the so, most fertile man we've yeah, ever seen. They're like, you can have tons of babies. And I'm like, okay. So I don't know. And I, I was like, we've been together 19 years. And I'm like, That's I feel I like we don't know. I was like, people are like, do you want kids? I'm like, I don't know. And everyone's like, you better start having kids. Your eggs are starting to go bad. Well, yeah, and, that whole situation. But Apparently, I'm considered... Um, geriatric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. High, and I feel like my life is just getting started. And then they're like, you're getting old. You're running out of time. And I'm like, oh, really? Um, yeah, it's, I feel bad for women because your bodies are just like... Yeah, and as far as I know, like, I can have kids. Constantly um, working against you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and as... Um, so I've talked with Brennan, and at one point, Brennan wanted kids more than I do, but now he works so much all the time that he's he's like, no, I don't want kids. I would never be home to see them. Um, and he is. He's gone all the yeah. time. So if we did have kids, relate to that. I would be like a single mother. He's gone from like 7 in the morning until like 9 or 10 o'clock at yeah. night. Erica and, then, and I bounce back between like... We both, or she did, and I didn't, and I didn't, she didn't, and like, never like, in the same timeline. <laughs> it's and uh, yeah, it's and now, now we're both very geriatric. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very screwy like that. And we've been together for seventeen years. Wow, it's crazy. Long time. Yeah, almost as long as you I two. know. Um, it's, ugh, I told I tell people all the time. I'm like, I'm so thankful that like. I met him back when I was a teenager and we were dating because I'm like, I can't even imagine what it's like trying 
to date now or find somebody to be with. I feel like people are so weird. Like I, I come across uh, just in my daily, like daily treks and expeditions. Like I come across some weird people. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> not in a bad way. Wrong. It takes all sorts of people to make the world go round. Yeah. But, um, I'm like, Oh my God, thank God I found you when I was a teenager. Oh yeah. Cause... I can't like, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even out. think it was gonna work with uh, me and Brendan because the very first time he met me, actually, he went to school with my cousin. Do you remember Brandon Miller? Brandon Miller. He went to Clarkston. All my cousins went to Clarkston, and Might I think he graduated in '03. Yeah. Um. But so he's my cousin. But Brendan was his best friend in high school. That was okay. how we met. Um. And I remember he brought him over to my parents' house one day in the summertime, and um. My aunt was like, oh, Brandon's friend's coming over. Like, I had just gotten out of a very long relationship, which is weird because I was a teenager. Yeah, and super strict. Yeah. What? Yeah, I was technically <laughs> not allowed to date until I was, But you like, ended up in a long-term relationship? I did. What, I was, can you talk from, about that for two seconds? <laughs> from 12 to 17. 12? I know. I was. Were on you guys the, bus. the same age? I was on the bus. <laughs> Were you both 12? <laughs> uh, no. No, he was, um, he graduated in 03, so he was two years older than me. That's good. But he lived on the same road, um, same bus, and um, so he was my first boyfriend, and we dated for like four or five years, which is unheard of for high school. But I don't know. When I'm in it to date, I am in it for the long haul. Like you're gonna, you're gonna marry me, or you're done. Like you're what out. What does that look like <laughs> for teenage Dana living in a such a strict life? I know. Well, my visits were very monitored, and. <laughs> We Man. didn't get to go on lots of dates. Not um, a lot of making out. Nope. Nope. <laughs> like, parents had to be home all the time. Was not so your parents knew you were dating the guy? Yeah. They they were not wanting me to, but <laughs> not I was like, well, we it. ride the bus together, and we go to school, and we live on the same road. So. And I'm, I mean, Ortonville's not huge. No. Two years, if I'm remembering correctly, is the same age as your brother. Yep. Is this a friend of your brother's? Uh, they not after they you became, started. No, no, they became friends. <laughs> okay. But this wasn't one of the neighbor. He lived like miles up the road. Um, I mean, they became friends, and actually, they both had the same name. My brother's name's Derek. My first boyfriend's name was Derek. So that was weird too. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we dated yeah. for a long time, and he obviously went to college. I was still in high school, yeah. and. Found out he was running around on me, and I just couldn't As have that. As one does that. when they go to college, Yeah, and so I didn't want to, but I split it off. Um, broke my heart. I know people are like, you can't know love at such a young age. Like, I was head over heels. I like, would argue teenagers probably feel that shit yeah. much more intensely. Than and that was like first love, <laughs> like head over heels. And so coming out of that, I was like, I, I broke it off, but I was like very, very heartbroken. And it was around this time when... My cousin was like, well, you should date my friend. He's coming out of a long relationship, too. You guys would be, you know, good for each other. And I was like, I don't want to. I'm heartbroken. I don't want to date. And so she was like, well, we're just going to have him come over and just hang out at your parents' house. We're not going to say anything. And so of all times, I'm hanging out at my parents' house. And I had on this pair of, like, Daisy Duke shorts. I'm barefoot in the backyard. I had a Donald Duck T-shirt on. And he shows up, and he's just got this, like clarkston boy vehicle like super lifted jeep like beautiful <laughs> brand spanking new um comes As over like, clarkston i can like, say that pressed is... polos like his khaki pants had like a seam down the center and 
She's like, that's the boy you need to be hooked up with. I'm like, he is way too pretty for me. Like, this is not going to work. And he was such a gentleman and just very He does have sparkly eyes. He does. And he won. Oh, my gosh. He won uh, Prettiest prettiest... Peepers. Yes, he did. did. I know those awards. I got Class Clown in the yearbook. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. Yeah, he... uh... He was very, very charming, so he swept me off my feet, and it wasn't long after that. We've just been together ever since. That's wild. But um, there was a height difference that took a while to get used to because I'm significantly taller than he is. Yeah. <laughs> and my first boyfriend was six foot seven, so he was really, really tall. And then Brendan is five foot seven, and I'm almost six foot tall. I'm five foot eleven. So I was like going from somebody who was very, very tall to significantly shorter i was like uh, i was like i don't know if this is gonna work but um the more i got to know him it just didn't become so i try not to ever wear heels around him because i'm like whoa see i have i have shorter friends that are guys and this is a this is a, an insecure thing that i as a tall man i guess that's yeah. been in a relationship for yeah you're very years, tall i don't even clock that which is really funny um but i have friends that like this is a thing and women, going back to the apps, like I have a buddy that's like, yeah, if they they'll be like nobody this height or or it's shorter. It's terrible. It's terrible to just like, tell them, discriminate. Dana. Tell them. Yeah, it's terrible because, like I said, I was like thinking like I had to have this big tall man, and I was yeah. like, not at all. Yeah, as I'm six three, but I feel like I present like I'm five two. Oh, <laughs> really? I just like uh, I never had any like self worth, self esteem, or anything, so I oh. never. I would never of myself guess that. As big. I'd never guess that. About it's literally you. like the last couple of years where I was like, where I, I had some big breakthroughs and everything, but I was like, oh, all those times I was worried like someone's gonna fuck with me. I'd be like, you're people so are probably outgoing. worried that like, I'm gonna fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, I would never think that about you. You've always been so outgoing and. Um, Larousse. Oh. <laughs> yeah, never would have guessed that. Yeah, got to be funny. Seek that validation. I'm shocked you've not like made it big like musically yeah. like. I'm not. <laughs> Should have tried. Have you ever thought of trying out for like American Idol or? Yeah. Uh, yes, I have thought of that. Have you ever uh, done it or tried out? For... I didn't try out for American Idol. I did try out for. Like the voice I don't even know or what something. It was called. No, it, there was something that was like more singer songwriter based. Yeah. Um, this was like the last year I was in LA. So this was a lifetime ago. That's right. You were out there. Um, Is that what you went out there for? Kind of. I went out there with a girl. But also, like, I was like, yeah, and then I'll play music. And I did. I play a lot of shows and stuff. But the thing that I realized doing this, and, like, I've interviewed people that have been successful in that area, mm-hmm. uh, is, like, I never, ever, especially at that age, in my early 20s, would have made the sacrifices or had the discipline required yeah. to actually do it. Yeah. I was like, I can just get drunk all the time and like play occasionally right like i don't have to practice i don't have to and i would refuse to commit that stuff i have a buddy i always reference like and anybody listening to this will know i've said this a billion times but his band his band got signed and and multiple albums everything oh um but we were talking and he's like yeah it just happened you know like we were playing a show and this guy walked in worked at a record company and i was like well hold on swooped him up prior to you telling me that you just said like you're 21 and every weekend saturday and sunday you guys spend 10 hours each day practicing i was like that's what led to that moment like i because i played plenty of showcases and shows where there was people from like the industry there no one's like signing me up because it's very obvious that like 
this is the last time I played guitar since yeah. I played a show. I just like I didn't have the discipline um to to do that. Yeah. So Yeah. Doesn't really bother me. Used to bother me because I would hear comments like that all the time and be like, "Yeah, why aren't I famous?" Oh no! Um, <laughs> but it's cool to have but, it just as like a hobby too. Like, well, <sighs> I play I play piano. I've played piano for thirty two years, and I just play at my home. I don't thirty two. I don't thirty two years. Yeah, my parents enrolled me in uh, piano when I was really young, and I just took it as far as I could, lessons wise, till mm-hmm. it got to a point where the teacher's like, "Okay, there's nothing else I can teach you." Like. You know the basics, like we're just the paying. The has become the master. No, no. Was, I mean, obviously, there's always stuff to yeah, learn, yeah, yeah. but it got to a point where we were just paying somebody to, like, okay, you're gonna pay, play the next song in the book, and then you'd play it. And so, can you read music? Yes. Oh my god, yeah. Dana. I can read music, and I I've wanted to branch that out to other things. Like I've always wanted to learn how to play the guitar. Um, my dad bought me a violin like I want to learn how to play that and people always say like if you know how to read piano music you can pretty much pick up on anything well see that's I'm jealous of that because first of all I think and I mean I hope you could speak to this just because you said you can read music but like that's another language like you know another language um and I don't think people give it that credit but it's literally like because you you're saying like you can look at a page and play Play it it, right Mm -hmm. yeah um and then like as far as jobs or just like fun gigs go, like yeah, you can do just about anything in that world. Like whether it's a piano bar or a yeah. Um, See, and I've never thought of like doing that. Yeah. I'm just like, it's I got a so piano at my home and so many songbooks, and I just like pull them up. And I'm like, all right, that's a C C. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I so. I miss the old like music stores. I loved to go into like music stores. Even far between and, these yeah, days. Yeah, they're very much non-existent anywhere that I live. All those freaking guitar centers came in and wiped yeah, all the little guys out. Yeah, it was like I out. loved to go and like pilfer through and like find some cool songs I wanted to learn and just take it home and go over it for a week or two and learn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I I'm before I. Before I let you leave here, I'm yeah. I'm curious, like almost twenty years together. Yeah. Oh, me and Brendan yeah. are yeah. Like long time. <laughs> it's been really weird. Uh I told and the, him the cancer Yeah. That was, I mean, that was what, terrible. what does that look like? Um it was awful. Like that was probably like the saddest time of my entire life. Um I was really angry because he had been sick for a really, really long time. And we had gone to a ton of doctors and nobody had any idea what was wrong. And so we were bouncing back and forth to specialists, lung specialists. And there was like one point, like they were doing these biopsies. Like I still to this day, I don't know like how it was missed. Like they had x-rays, they did open lung biopsies. And what he ended up having was um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it had started in his lymph nodes, but it had spread throughout like almost all of his body by the time they actually found out what it was, which I don't, you know, it's a, I don't want to say it's a common cancer, but it's a well-known one that's, yeah. they know how I to find it. I got misdiagnosed with lymphoma. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I have an autoimmune disease that like lymph nodes and, and the lungs um, all get like 
What did you say? I remember you telling me this. What, what did you say you had? Sarcoidosis. That's what they thought he had at yeah. one point. It's yeah. funny. You guys had like reverse. They thought it was that because he just had like um, plaque and all this stuff yeah. in his lungs and um, granulomas. Yeah. And yeah. so I remember they did like this open lung biopsy and it, they had, um, they still didn't know for sure what it was, but they were like sure that he had some rare form of like Japanese tuberculosis. And so they moved him up to the top floor of um, St. Joe's. St. Joe's is the one in Pontiac, right? Yeah. I should remember this. Yeah. <laughs> they moved him to the top floor. It was like a penthouse suite room and he had to be in quarantine and like, it was like almost like before COVID, like with the masks yeah, and yeah. like that's what it was like. We had to wear the special headgear. They thought he had some rare they, disease. That they was thought contagious. it was like a rare yeah. thing. He was up there by himself. I'm like, I am screwed. Like I was just kissing him this morning. Like we've all been around him. Like I'm gonna die. Like I'm next. And it was really scary. I'm like, what the heck? Like what is going on? And so they had to have all these people come in, and then they told us it was stage four, and they were like. You Which know, at usually that point, like, he was, like, just melted away to nothing. He had lost so much weight. Um, we were supposed to get married that year. Um, he you was guys so married yet. No. We were in the right smack in the middle of getting um, through our wedding planning, and he was so sick. He lost, like, 50 to 60 pounds. What's going on in your head at that point? Like... In what? In your head. Like, are oh, you I thought he was spiraling? Gonna, like... I thought he was going to die. I thought he was going to die. Um, I was very, very, I had just got, it was a weird timeline because I had just got my first job in advertising. We were supposed to get married two months later. And of course, we don't live together before we're married. Like, that's just not Dad the way it goes. Yeah. You got to get married <laughs> and then move on. Um, <laughs> not like it was forced, but that was just kind of yeah, my I own personal timeline I wanted. <laughs> So all of this was like the timeline of what was supposed to happen. He got sick like right when I got my job. And then we were looking at houses to like move in together. And he just got so sick. We had to postpone our wedding. And so we had actually went through with getting this house because we thought we were going to get married. And we closed on the house on New Year's Eve. He had just lost his job after we closed on the sure. house. <laughs> Two weeks later, uh, we found out he had stage four cancer. I'm like, we are screwed. Like, we just got this house. Like, he can't work. That's um, so, and then after all of that had happened, um, they started him on some cancer treatment right um, in Clarkston on Bow Point Drive. They yeah, sent yeah. him there. And it was a brand new cancer facility. Um, I think that was the center, yeah. but I had a really bad feeling about, you know, he had chest tubes and all this medical apparatus from the time he, you know, hanging out of his chest. And so he had to be um, cared for a certain way when he was there going through chemo. And I just got a really bad feeling like they didn't have, it had just opened this cancer center and they yeah. were telling us that, um, I remember the doctor was like, well, we ran out of gauze this morning, run across the street to Rite Aid. What? And I said to Rite Aid, I said, we're paying big money like to be here and you're going to run across the street to Rite Aid to wrap his tubes and stuff i was like that's really weird and then the chemo, also there's a freaking hospital across the street yeah, you guys can go <laughs> like pick up your materials elsewhere like that it really raised a red flag wow. so the next time 
we went, they tried giving him like a different form of chemo. They're like, oh, there's a national shortage on this type. So we're going to give you this. I'm like, "Mm, no, no, I don't like this. I said, we're going to U of M. I can't afford it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but like, we got to get you. (laughs) And it's, it's good we did because come to find out a few months later that place was raided by the fbi and that was that whole thing with that dr fada poisoning killing all these patients that didn't need chemo and like i remember seeing it on the news and my jaw just dropped i was like you've got to be kidding me i just i felt so terrible for all those people that were still there so i'm like thank god we we came here yeah so we went to U of M and um, we had postponed our wedding. And so at that time, like once we found out what it was, I was like, okay, we're just, we're not getting married. Like, How old are you at this point? Um, so that was 2012, 96. Um, God, I was 23. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So we had no idea what we were doing whatsoever. We were just, we got to get so you like, better. Life is set and mm-hmm. then... Like Boom. And I was so thankful to be with um, my company that I was with was so awesome with me being able to take the time to be with him because oh, sure. I was like, I could have ended up anywhere else and they would have not been yeah. as you know, helpful with me being able to work from the hospital or go to different places. And so our wedding, we're like, we'll just, and everyone's like, just go to the courthouse, just go to the courthouse and elope. I'm like, no. I have waited my whole life. I don't care if I'm 90. Wearing a white dress. Yes. Dancing to Taylor Swift. Yes. I don't care. It's gotta, it's gotta happen. Like I've waited forever. Like this is going to happen the way I want. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I'll wait till I'm 90, 90 years old. And he was fine with it. Um, I think my favorite thing ever is thinking of a 23 year old saying I've waited forever. Yeah. (laughs) You write a song about it. (laughs) And so I was like, no, we're waiting. And so, all the money that we had, every last dime that we had, and even family members just dumped as much money as they could. And we had a benefit up here at uh, Clarkston Eagles that a lot of our family members, and it was like amazing. Like people I don't even know, like my family members, friends, like everybody came together, and I was just blown away, like to help put this benefit together. And they yeah. got us a lot of money to help with his medical bills and to alleviate some of that stress and he finally he you know was cancer free after a you know certain length of time from the chemo and stuff is there a is there a point where the pessimism turns into optimism is there like a certain doctor or a certain like day where you're like looks like there might be a little turnaround like when we are starting to finally see the end of it where where your thought process goes from like he's gonna die to I think we're I mean, we would we would get like these weekly reports and we'd see pictures of like how well he was responding. Was and the it doctor was... like optimistic or was the doctor kind of just like, um, well, they <laughs> wanted to take his lung out. They Ugh. wanted to just remove it completely because they were like, it's deflated. Like he had tumors in his whole stomach cavity. They were like, it's better if we just take it out. But he's so young, he might respond really, really well. So I think that was the doctor wanted to give him the benefit with as young as he was to see yeah. how well he could bounce back and from it. And it was full aggression. It was terrible because this chemo would just wipe him out completely. And then as soon as he would start to feel better, like, oh, finally I can breathe again, not puke. Boom. You had to go right in for like another chemo treatment. It was awful. How it long was did like, that go on for? Um, eight months. Holy fuck. Eight months. Um, and it just, 
like destroyed his body yeah. like completely he's still like his platelet count now is like just depleted for the rest of his life like it'll never return to like a normal count but you wouldn't know by looking at him he's like one of the hardest yeah. working people like i've ever seen um are you so are you far enough past that at this point where you can look back and reflect on like how that affected you like, as yeah. a partner and... i told them i feel like for a long time after that i had like ptsd because oh, it was yeah. like for five years he had to keep going in and getting um scans and i was like i was just terrified like yeah. you know it's gonna come back something's gonna happen like i was never <laughs> like thinking um but there was a lot of good that came out of it too like um the advertising company that i worked with i work with a lot of really talented into individuals and every year our agency would do like a community service project and so they all got together and um, kind of spoke amongst themselves and said, we should do something for somebody that we work with. And um, they approached me and asked if I would be okay if they helped us like plan this wedding. And I was just, I was like so blown away. I'm like, sure, I will never <laughs> get married at this point unless, you know, because I worked with people that do gigs on the um weekends i worked with people that were djs photographers videographers yeah. like very very creative people and so at the agency we'd have these bake sales they're like we're gonna all you know bring in goods and whatever money comes out of that we're going to um take that money and give it to you to put towards like awesome. a place somewhere and um then they had alcohol drives they're like everybody take all the alcohol you don't like in your house that's been sitting up and we're just going to create a booze drive and that's going to be the alcohol for the wedding okay i was like and what is the booze drive but that makes more a sense yeah, yeah so you could have like drinks so like people that would have like oh i've had this wine sitting here and yeah, i don't yeah, want yeah, it yeah. they'd bring it in and we used that at the wedding and that's awesome people were like i used to bartend i'll be the bartender at your wedding and I was just blown away. And like the whole day of my wedding, I was just a sobbing mess. And yeah, like, it's gotta I, be overwhelming. It was incredible <laughs> because like they never expected anything in return. Like they didn't want any money for it. Yeah. Like, and I, I didn't have money to give. I mean, I was working, but we were still in the process of paying off his medical bills and they want genuinely wanted nothing in return. Um, I was like, I have this really nice thank you card to give you. Like, I'm so grateful. And like, I will yeah. remember every single one of those people until the day I die because like, it was just, it was beautiful. Like it was, um, the weather was gorgeous that day. Like every, it was just such a huge group effort to even like pull this off. And they're like, we don't want it to just be something thrown together. We still want it to be like what you want, but yeah. we're going to try to help you like get that. And I was just like, I was just blown away. It That's was like, gotta be a sense of community that I feel like most people don't get to feel. Yes. Yes, it really is. And that was like one of my most favorite things about working where I did. It was like, I just worked with such incredible people that, yeah. um, it was it was like a family like people yeah. just gave everything they have to you know benefit someone else so that was that was really really cool um and that wouldn't have happened you know if he hadn't gone through obviously it's not good he went through it but yeah, there was yeah. a lot of good stuff that that came out of that wow. so yeah that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's um i have two more questions for yeah. you first one um where's your comfort level um, and this might be a weird question, but like, as far as you're talking about, I was a tomboy when I was a kid and, and you, you have this side of like, 
outdoor work and hunting and Mm -hmm. pictures of you holding a deer and like (laughs) and then you have like this very feminine like boudoir picture or something like and like stuff like that yep where's your comfort level at in all that or is it just like this is all a piece of me and i feel fine and um i'm obviously uh like I think the outdoorsy side definitely comes, like, from my dad. Like I said, growing up and um, doing all of that stuff outside. And then my mom, her she's a hairdresser by profession. So growing up, she was she's still to this day very glamorous woman, does her hair, makeup, like, always dressed really, really nice. So I always got to see that, you know, side of her just being very beautiful and glamorous and then... You got my dad out in the garage gutting wild animals and and seeing that so on the same day. Yeah. So it was just kind of, um, and it's weird because, like, I'll be the first one to go out and go hunting and gut my own animal and then come in and do my own nails and like, make them pretty. But you're fully comfortable and... in your skin in both situations. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, great. totally. <laughs> totally. And I know it's it's kind of weird because like I have a lot of friends that um don't support like that side of me I have a like and it's really weird because I have friends on very different sides of the spectrums like very different interests totally opposite from me I get along with them because they're great nice people but a lot of people don't support hunting and and that kind of thing Um, yeah (laughs) and I don't do it like to just I love to kill animals, yeah. but it's it's clean meat. It's better for your body. Yeah. Um, and I prefer to get my meat that way. Um, and then I also like to have fun taking advantage of being a girl and being pretty and playing yeah. with makeup and um, doing that kind of fun thing, too. So I don't know. I always... It's such a fun balance that you, I feel like, don't typically see. Yeah. <laughs> so bravo. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of fun. Um. My other question I was going to ask you, and this tying back to the beginning of what you brought up, yeah. um, seeing people take vacations and, and yeah. doing stuff. I guess my question I'd propose to you, not, not that you like have to answer it, yeah. or if, if maybe you don't even have an answer, but if you're not doing that stuff, what are you working for? If you're constantly working, what's the what's the end game? And I only ask that because I, I have a friend that is working like 80, 90 hours a week. Yeah. And he's getting older. He's like an old coworker. Um He's much older than me. Like he's mm-hmm. 60. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, what do you, but what do you work? Like, what's the end goal? Yeah. And he didn't really have an answer for that. And I, I want to make sure that that is a present thought. Cause mm-hmm. I have realized in the last few years that like, I'm not that person that wants to like, Oh, when I retire, I'm going to do this, this and this. I'm like, I'm going to do that now. Cause when I retire, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fucking walk upstairs, yeah. let alone a mountain. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, cause so Brendan and I, we do travel. We don't go very far though. Like, um, we bought some property up North in the middle of the national forest and we do camping. So like, we'll do a lot of small trips. Like on yeah. the weekend, we're like, let's go up North. Let's go camping and we'll take the boat and we'll go out and go to some different places. So we do lots of little small adventures together. Usually like once a year, we try to do like a big vacation, but it's usually it's our favorite place to go is Tennessee. I go to Tennessee every single year and I love it so much that I'm like, I really should broaden my horizons and go to a couple <laughs> other um, That's states tricky, or right? different areas. But I'm like, I love it so much. I never get tired of it. Um, 
but we've had that conversation quite a bit because he works so much. Um, And right now he's wanting to dump all of this money that he's making into our property and kind of build it up. Like last year, I was like, I want a garden. Like I want to build my own garden. And he just went like balls to the wall, like built me this huge compound of this garden. Um, And so then this year we've got plans. Like I want to plant all of our big fields with sunflowers and like, um, yeah. So I, I mean, we're just kind of, like working towards like little small goals and stuff that we have like at our house and um you know we we love to travel we'd like to do it yeah more yeah often. no judgment by that like yeah people do whatever they enjoy doing i yeah. just uh so i we're hoping you know we do we do lots of like little tiny yeah, like trips and awesome. stuff yeah but i definitely i feel the the what like the tennessee thing because it's it's difficult right when you have like we do one vacation a year, essentially. Like, yeah, we'll go to her sister lives in Pittsburgh, Erica's sister, so we'll go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, once in a while, but like, then we'll do our one trip a year, and it's hard when there's a place that you enjoy because mm-hmm. then you're like, yeah, like, like I will know I I'm like have a this good time. new place? Like, I don't know yeah, if like, I like do it. Do I want to waste my time off on something that I? Like, uh, yeah, I, I get that. I do the same thing. I'm um, like, I love this place so much. Like this, this new place is not going to live up to. <laughs> what i want it to be yeah. so that's why i always keep going um but yeah. maybe i'll branch out maybe i'll get a little i'd like to go out west one Doing day out west is amazing yeah i yeah i love it i uh I'll, i i will look at the mountains and like literally cry like a tv commercial yeah like I, yeah they're beautiful blows my mind yeah um and adds perspective to like humanity that mm-hmm. you're like Oh, I'm so insignificant. Yep. And not yeah. like a sad way, but like in a, look how crazy this giant rock is that took millions of years of yep. crashing together. To yes. Like, and it makes you think like, nuts. oh, maybe what I'm really stressed out isn't <laughs> about isn't really that important, yeah, but it uh, puts things in perspective. It's nice. But, mm-hmm. Well, I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, we talked about a lot. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, I was going to, I'm going to take these off. Okay. I was going to mention. Do I take you... mine off? Yeah, go nuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> you and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Dana. I, I almost forgot what her husband had went through with his cancer and it's hilariously ironic to me that he got told he had sarcoidosis, which is what I had. Um, and I got told I had lymphoma, which is what he had. <laughs> uh, my, my autoimmune disease is called the, like the great imitator. And you literally have to like rule out everything before you can diagnose it. It's so stupid, but I'm, I'm glad that one was ruled out. And I'm, I'm so glad that Brendan came through that. And Dana, you know, I just forgot what a, what like a beam of sunshine she is. She, she just has this great outlook on life, um, and has maintained this moral standard that I feel like like maybe at at the very least wavers for a lot of us, um, throughout our twenties and maybe into our thirties, but it was, it was really great catching up with her and, um, you know, having the maturity now to talk to her as another person instead of 
being like another one of those assholes at the restaurant where we worked. I was like, say fuck. Um, <laughs> Cause that's for sure who I was. Um, and it was, it was really great talking to Dana and getting to know her more. And I hope you guys enjoyed that too. That's about it. I started a sub stack. If anyone cares, I've been writing some really great stuff about men and therapy and why we do the things that we do. Not men, everybody. That's that's a different article. Um, and about turning 40. So if you are also turning 40 and want to share some opinions, there you go. Head over to justinlam.substack.com. Do a little subscribey. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, bye bye.